Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Play It Forward Crash Rhythm Podcast. If you want to learn more about percussion, then I seriously suggest you continue listening because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. What is up? And thank you for joining us again this week. It's finally happened. I know you've all been wanting this to happen so badly because if you know anything about the OG junk line, you'll know that there's five of us. And so far, there's only been four of us on the podcast. And the mystery will finally be unveiled. Please welcome Dave. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how he breathes all the time. Don't worry. (laughs) And of course, we are also joined by Michael. Hello. Hello. Less of of a clap for Michael. Sorry, guys. I hope this doesn't become a distraction. Well, I mean, no, I've gotten used to it by now, of course, because that's, like I said, is just how you breathe. Uh, So the the reason why the three of us are together to talk about percussion today is because Dave, Mike, and I are, in fact, percussionists. So that is, that checks out. (laughs) Um, So, Dave, why don't you just, uh, because we haven't heard anything about you or from you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Actually, do you still have a goatee? That's important. <laughs> I haven't seen your face. Yes, I do still have a goatee. I've been very seriously considering just shaving a bit of it off and may- just being a mustache man for a little. Uh, right. Because last time I went just mustache, the reviews, albeit polarized, were generally supportive. <laughs> and I don't know. It's fun. I like having a mustache. I think it's great. Yeah. I, I think you look great in a mustache. I think you look great in a goatee. It's so, actually just before you shave. It's been like two years since I've had a freshly, like a clean shaved, no facial hair face, which is is it's hard to believe at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, frankly, frankly, Dave, I don't. I'm not even sure you still have a face under there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like it's been so long since I've seen baby, baby face, face Dave. Dave. Huh? Baby face Dave. Baby. Okay. Well, this week we are talking about the wonderful world of concert percussion. So. For uh, people know this by now, if you've, if you know me at all, you know that I came from the world of marching percussion and then was crudely thrown in to concert percuss- percussion in uh, university, which is where I met Dave and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so uh, the three of us are going to kind of enlighten you on the world of percussion because I think it's a bit of a mystery to most. Um, I think that there might be a lot of, um, not disbeliefs, what's the word I'm looking misconceptions? for? Misconceptions? People... Misconceptions? Mm. That's the word, thank you. A lot let's, of let's call them misconceptions. How about that? Oh, we'll okay. slam those two words together. Be the creative percussionist. Love that we are. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So, this is how it's going to go down. We are each going to take turns, and we haven't heard each other's answers yet. We're Some of us haven't turns. even heard um, the questions yet. <laughs> Is that, is that true? I can't wait. Okay, great. Um, so in that case, we'll start. We'll start oh, with great. Um, so we're going to break this up into three questions. My fir- Actually, you know what? Before we even start that, I'm going to ask you guys both a question mm-hmm. right now. Okay. I want you to think of one word, one thing that why you love percussion. Just one, qu- uh, one word or like I'll accept hyphenated words. How many hyphens? It, like, do we have a, a max hyphen? As you feel are broken. No? Okay. No. So I guess it's <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 
Think of that. Think of that, of that thing that, uh, why you love drumming. That's a big question. Should I answer that now? Or do you want me to answer that later? Yeah, if you can. Because the first, the, should, well, we, the, should we answer it later? It's up to you. No, I like first thing that came to your head. First, first thing, thing that came to, came to yep. my head was community. <gasps> oh my goodness. My head. Stop it. Legitimately, no. that's the first yeah. thing that came into my head. It's the reason that the three of us are still, like we're on a call together right now four years after Michael and I left university and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a happy year. <laughs> <I left. laughs> nice. Wait, do we, did any, should I go get like a snare drum and a cymbal or something so I can do some rim shots? Like, but that's whenever one of us cracks like a really good okay. joke. That's all going, well, all coming in post. Coming in. No, no, actually, if you're going to be, if you're going to be putting in any sound effects, it has to be what's within. Oh, okay. So like. it'll just be this then. Perfect. I can't wait Perfect. for that yes. to become applicable. No, that's, yeah, <laughs> nice. that's... What about you, Michael? What was your answer? Yeah, I mean, the first thing was definitely um, that kind of camaraderie uh, was the word yeah. that I was thinking of. Um, one nice. thing I think, you, you know, you definitely grew up close with your percussion mates in your percussion section because you guys are literally you know, climbing over each other sometimes to get the certain <laughs> instruments to play and pushing it around. And of Absolutely. course, you know, and the, the relationships that you built, like, they were speaking to it. The fact that we're you know, four years later, still, you know, as close as we are, really shows something. That w- and that would be eight years oh, yeah. since we forget, first we... met. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. It's been eight years since we've met. So there you go. All right. Great. The other, Great, uh, the other thing that you get that. to so... do is there's a lot of like rest counting, and as a percussionist, and <laughs> that gives you a lot of time to talk with people in your section too about you know just the daily, you know, what's going on in your lives. I actually uh, read. I actually read the entirety of Taming of the Shrew during our rehearsals nice. for One Piece. Right. Like, I think you guys were in that. Remember, it was Nathan and I were in the audience. Yeah, I remember that. The part that yeah, yeah, yeah. happened at the end. Yeah. Antiphonal yep. Toms, yeah. Yeah. Was that what it was called? No, it was called uh, well, that, that was the... The Awakened My Ling. Honestly, I... I, I wow. played Marimba. The fact that you remember that is crazy to me. I can't, I can't remember any of those things. But yeah, wow. and we, Nathan and I would sit in the audience and we'd rehearse the piece and... The whole piece, like it was, I don't even know how long it was, probably like a 10 minute piece, right? Because that's how yeah. long all of our pieces were. And yeah. then we played a really cool kind of echoing tom part in the stands for the last like two yeah. phrases of the piece. So during the entire rehearsal, I'd just be sitting in the audience. That's, it's, we, that's funny. That's actually the opposite right. of community. <laughs> that's true. Because I was isolating. isolating with a book. <laughs> that's true. In rehearsal. That's true. Yeah. yeah, isolating with the book. And then I remember there's so many times where I'd just be reading and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm coming up. And I'd just slam my book down and then I'd play my part. Or Jess would be like, hey, Hillary, are you good to go from that part? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, yep, yep, absolutely. And she killed it. So a very, a very she, she, found, she found me cute. She found me cute. So. Um, okay, so uh, first question, or first, yeah, I guess first uh, question is I want each of us to tell the audience something they should know about percussion. So this is something that maybe um, a lot of people who aren't percussionists have been like, oh, I, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Just something that you think the general public wouldn't know that we um, could enlighten them on right now. And um, Michael, I'll start with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think one of the things, um, bringing up the word kind of misconceptions, like a lot of people think with percussion, you know, it's hitting things. And, you know, yes, that, that is what it is. Um, but it's, it's beyond that too. So you know, a lot of people look at like the timpani in an orchestra and they just think, oh, you're really playing, you know, sometimes four notes just throughout the entire piece. But, but everything that kind of goes into that too, um, you know, depending on the, the 
composer is a lot of extended techniques. So what extended techniques are, are different ways that you can imagine playing something or performing something. Um, like with, with percussion, it really most of the stuff that you're doing in a lot of modern music contains some aspect of extended technique. So whether that is, you know, taking your mallet and hitting the base of a timpani, or whether it is sliding a penny across a vibraphone as you're doing it with the motor kind of going. Um, you know, this percussion is really anything that you want it to be. And as a, as a composer who's writing for percussion, um, you know, really embracing that multifaceted whatever it wants to be um, is something very, very exciting. As a percussionist and a performer, it's something that really enjoy doing as well. You know, it's neat just making up something for, uh, for the instrument that maybe has never been yeah. done before. And quite often when a composer writes a part, that's just like, uh, you know, we just need this. We need this. That gets thrown to percussion. And yeah. often it's things that, um, that we have to kind of experiment with, that we have to figure out. Um, like I'm thinking of a piece that we played where I had to smash plates, right? And sure. um, there was another piece where... Like just the things like what? Oh, where I had to build the marching machine. Were you guys there? Oh, for I that? remember the marching oh, machine. Oh yeah, you were. Okay. Yeah, I remember the Oh okay, <laughs> but the you know so we had to build something that would simulate the sound of an army marching, right? So there's always different things that are being thrown at us, and it's more than what people might yeah. think. That's absolutely true. Um, Dave, what, what about you? First of all, I'm glad that we've already shed light on Michael having a unique lens of being like a composer and how that kind of ties into this conversation because. It's Absolutely. it's like it's it's just different than how I would experience stuff as exclusively a performer, um, but I, I I don't know I want to tag onto what he said because some people have asked me like so like what's the deal like you play triangle and or like you play timpani and that's just like hitting the drums and like timpani is the scariest instrument to play like it terrifies <laughs> me to play timpani live. And like the only, the second really? most terrifying instrument to play live is triangle. Like there is so much room for error mm -hmm. in playing triangle. I, I don't know what it is about the triangle, but it's just like every moment right before I strike yeah. it, I have yeah. a moment of panic. I mean, it's such an unconventional, moment, unconventional every... technique of hitting something. And like, <laughs> there's no mistaking it. You don't yes. have a section of triangles to back you up. You are the triangle player. And at, you like you, you lift yep. it up, everyone can see it. At that point, you've stood up. Yeah. If suddenly you yeah. miss it or like play it incorrectly, like everyone knows, there's no hiding it. Yeah, you are exposed know. and so vulnerable and as a triangle the, player. <laughs> and and the other the other side of that too is often triangle parts are mini features in themselves. Yeah. They're very intentional. They're usually exactly in moments yeah, it's, where it's, it's very quiet. It accompanies soft and, textures so well, and it, it just like it's this bright yes. shining light and that kind of comes out over top of it. <laughs> It's also often yes. <laughs> people don't realize that, but when you hit it, it rotates a little bit because it's you have to hang it from a string or else you're compromising the sound, right? So it, it every time you hit it, it's almost like you're playing, you're fighting with it, and then there's like tech. Te that's just like one thing. I was actually going to use this as my number two, the answer to my number I, I, two. It's funny because I was going to use but, like instrument um, creativity and like creating instruments as my number three. So everything's going to circle okay, back to itself guys, at one point or another. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, then let's just shut that down right now. We'll move on to So my answer to number one yeah. was actually very similar, similar to everything we've already talked about, kind of, but 
I was specifically going to, was thinking about the timpani because I play the timpani at my church sometimes and the people always love it. And they come up to me and they're like, wow, like, t- especially timpani in church, right? Well, like, what well, was right? Yeah. Is there a better sound? Right. Is there a better sound? I don't know. So they'll come up to me and just, oh, really, you know, brings the whole thing together. And then they often come back and they'll come see the timpani. And I guess if you're not a musician, um, I get it, it should, there's no need, there's no reason for people to think that the timpani plays right. pitches. If you're not a musician, right? Like, why would you ever consider that? But the moment that people learn that, they're like, this is blowing my mind. So um, for those who don't know, the timpani, you can, you know, sometimes you have two, usually two or four or whatever. But each timpani has a range of pitches. And you have pedals that if you push your toe down, the pitch raises. I mean, sometimes it's the opposite, depending on the timpani. And if you put your heel down, then the pitch lowers. So you can actually play these notes. And then the other side of it is the muting, because if you're to play all these notes at the same time, you're going to have this cacophony of sound. So often when you hit one drum, you have to at a very timely time, <laughs> mute it so that it cuts that pitch so that you can then hit the next pitch. So there is a ton of technique that goes into the timpani. And just the fact that you can change pitches, I think yeah, usually And there's so much people. room for error in tuning. Like there is so a much. sweet spot yes. that for a lot of pieces, like, even at the concert, it's like, okay, I could have made that B flat a little more B flattish. Like it, it was close. Yes. It was good. <laughs> no one out there will know, but I know that that B flat could have been better. Yeah. Or the worst part is, and I always had this problem is when I was tuning timpani and I would be sitting at the temps and I'd be hitting them and I'd be like, man, I don't even know. Is that right? And then someone across the room is like so flat. It's crazy. And then, when you switch spots, you know what I mean? When you switch spots and you're across the room, you're like, how does that person not know that timpani is so crazy flat? Like I have such a hard time hearing the temps when I'm right on top well, of them. And they do sound so like different. Next like, to them. And this is true for every yeah. percussion instrument is it sounds different five feet away. It sounds different 20 feet away from mm-hmm. how you are perceiving it being directly over top of it. It's very interesting. And like space oh, as like your is. counterpart in sound creation is something I think about a lot. And like, I find like no one, like that's not something that most people do think about is like how this room is like the extra band member and like you have to accommodate it and and play to it. And it's, I don't know, it's really fascinating. And obviously something that gets me very excited. It is. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's for sure, man. Percussion's awesome. It, it, yeah, so so it, are it, it rooms. It makes me wonder sometimes why orchestras. <laughs> I love rooms. Rooms are great. Oh god, churches, church, like playing in churches is the best. It's the absolute best. Like I mean, it, you can but like when you hit a timp and you know it's like right at that right pitch and it's just like that whole like really whole sound and it just fills an yeah. entire like chapel. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. it. All right, moving on to number two. Number right. two. Now, here's the problem because my number two Oof. has kind of already been. Do you want me set. to start and you can riff? So I'm wondering if you it... can riff off my uh, off my number two. I might riff. All right. Uh, yeah, sweet. yeah, so yeah. I think that's a good call. It yeah. was debunking a myth, correct? Correct. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I should say that. Question number two is: Is there a myth? that you think there are there is in percussion that a lot of people have a misconception again, if you will. So my really answer to that to is debunk. yes. <laughs> I was hoping so. So I'm assuming like both of you have seen Whiplash, right? The movie. And yes. like, did anyone come up to you after the movie and be like, whoa, you play drums. And like that guy 
he had the bloody hands after practicing so much. Do you ever get the bloody hands? And like, right. And I remember like people ask me that all rewatching time. a clip of that. And it's like, it's a lot, like, it's a lot. It's like a fistful of like strawberry jam that goes into this <laughs> like bucket of ice water. <laughs> and um, I mean, Whiplash is a great movie, but that doesn't really happen um, because like, that's just indicative of like really, really, really bad technique. Like playing with drumsticks, you have to keep your hands kind of loose and um, you know, relaxed muscles, uh, not a lot of tension, graceful movements, small, precise movements. That's what drumming is about. And like, that doesn't rip up your hands. Um, and I would say totally. that the real thing that you should be worried about as a percussionist is not you know, blisters, you'll get some blisters, but like that, tendonitis yeah. is way bigger of an issue. And like the three of us all know a bunch of people who have been like severely affected, like in their undergrads, yep. especially in undergrad, because like a, a lot of people yeah, don't absolutely. go into their undergrad having a ton of like formalit experience on like marimbas or vibraphones. And the technique for that can be like very strenuous and when you're learning a lot in a little bit of time, you tend to over-practice and not give yourself proper breaks, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's just like, it wrecks your tendons up and it takes a long time for tendons to heal. And it's also like not as immediate as like when your skin splits, you can see it, you can feel the blood when like, when you're getting tendonitis, yeah. it happens over weeks. So it's like- Absolutely. And it exactly, doesn't usually yeah. hurt in the moment. It hurts. Yeah. After or like, you know, it's uh, yeah, by the time you actually kind of experience that you're, you're so far along exactly. into it already. That are you there right it's yeah. That arm, your wrist health and that kind of flexibility health is like super important, but to it, it be, and only Please, because you said, I could riff. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, the bliss or the, the bloody hands thing. Yeah. Like I've never seen that ever, ever before where someone's just like bleeding profusely the blister thing though. And I will add on to what you said. The blister thing is extremely real oh, when true. you're yeah. in marching percussion. And I think, I think that is, um, A, because we do reps on reps on reps on reps. And our hands are often, we're more theatrical Absolutely. in what we're playing. Yeah. Like we have to do really big movements. We have to do really rapid movements. But the other side of that, too, is um, we also do that. Well, team tour is a bit different because it's year long. But in most cases, mm -hmm. you're outside in the heat. So you're getting sweat and the friction. So I've had many blisters from drumming um, in my, when I started, now they're just beautiful calluses, but I know that, um, I know that like the other guys like James and James who. Oh yeah. When they do junk line drummers, gigs, it's like um, immediate do, blisters. Yeah. Yeah. They get torn apart like crazy. Yeah. And it's like, ha like, and so I always have a little roll of electrical tape, right? Cause that's like a great <laughs> kind of just cover up, but they get like their thumbs get all chewed up. And I remember, like, I think it was James R. in, like, one one uh, practice. We were, like, three songs in. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I haven't played with Junk Line in forever because yeah. i got blisters already. Oh, yeah, already. That's, that's some excellent that's riffing crazy. there, Hill. I appreciate that point of view. No, I remember, Thank like, back much. in high school when I played Drum Line <laughs> stuff, that was way more present in my hands, like, having those kind of calluses and blisters. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I don't want it to make it sound like it's not, Absolutely. like, a physically, get, like, like, demanding thing that will take an immediate toll on you as well. But, yeah, that's just one thing I thought of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. repeated motion causes that. Right. But the, yeah. uh, 
the blood, yeah, the bloody <laughs> hand thing is not so much a, a real thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you're so right, though. That's like the number one thing people have asked me. Like, if they say, yeah. have you seen Whiplash? That's the first thing. That comes it's, it's never, right? have you seen that's Whiplash? So oh my God, have you ever been in a car crash? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Whiplash? How many times have you had a chair thrown at you? That's number two. That's number two. Jake, Jake a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. all know him personally. Yeah. That's awesome. Parker. Anyways, Parker. Mike. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, well, just kind of taking along to, to the blisters. <laughs> um, yes. I think that was the most. It won't come up again. That, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was just going to mention for the blisters, too, because I know you guys were talking about in like the marching sense, but. Also, uh, as a percussionist going into like schooling um, with, again, very limited four mallet um, kind of technique, uh, it can also, you know, I remember first, you know, a couple months it really having that second mallet in each hand really tearing up the inside Mm -hmm. of your fingers until you build that as well. So just, you know, in every facet when you're holding something and again, like you're saying, that repetitive motion, it's going to come. So just being aware for that and, you know, taking the breaks that you need to. Yeah, that's actually why Mm -hmm. I switched to rattan. Right, because I was getting too much like sweat friction, and uh, the rattan was like it just stayed colder and was a little slipperier, so it wasn't so. Were you playing so ripping up Stevens my skin? Rattan? Yeah. Interesting, because I would too, but that's yeah. like it's not very like it's I, a wider shaft, and it's like I don't, a lot of people think that like rattan is really bad oh, yeah. for Stevens, and I think some of their points are like valid, but I also okay. like you know. Yeah, you have to also understand who I am as a percussionist. And that grueling Stevens yes, is not um, a part of Hillary's repertoire. <laughs> and it's like, so it was more so that I was playing and I was getting that, that kind of irritation and I could feel it getting, like my right. sticks were getting yep. like sticky. <laughs> and then I would switch to rattan and they'd be, they'd be almost colder and then they just wouldn't be getting sticky. And I didn't really see any other mm-hmm. problem with it really. I don't know. Anyways, um, that's fun. Michael, do you have yes. a point for number two? Or that was it? Uh, no, I do have a point. That was just kind of a little... Oh, no, you were riffing. Myself. Sorry, you were riffing. Yes, yeah, I thought we were riffing. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's true. Fair, I never Dave said you could riff, Michael. Riff, but that's fine. That's now, you, now may, you may proceed with your, uh, your point that you had thought of beforehand. <laughs> I, I graciously <laughs> accept that. Um, so the other... Uh, my thing um, uh, for that uh, is just when, when you're looking at um, percussion... Um, it's, it's different, obviously, from a lot of other instruments, but there's also like a, a very physical difference. Um, and that is, you know, you're never actually touching the instrument that you're playing. So well, unlike saxophone, when you're, or like any of the wind instruments, when you're really wanting to get expressive with a certain moment, you know, you can really breathe into it and make it organic. Um, so maybe something that people don't really know is how much time uh, as percussionists you really think about how you're going to be phrasing or you know, the way that you're going to mm-hmm. be expressing that kind of softness or kind of how quick you're going to be rolling on the yeah. marimba. And I think that's it's a, a very interesting thing to think. Like, it's so Catherine Ladano has a cool study uh, in her PhD thesis that's like it, the main concern is about whether or not improvisers find that their instrument is uh, something of a mask that they wear. Um, but uh, one thing she kind of studied with that was like how improvisers uh, perceive their instruments, whether or not it's an extension of their body. And I think a couple different percussionists in that study 
like said, no, I don't really think that my instrument is an extension, like not the way that like a saxophone is an extension of the saxophone player's body. Mm. And like, I've always thought of it more as like, I don't know, maybe the sticks are an extension of my body, but it is like the percussion world is like this environment that I'm thrown into and have to like react with in real time. It's so true. It's almost like, it's like, not, it, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's like, are the sticks extension my body? But when I think about the way that I play and the way that I change and how like musically it changes, yeah. it is my body that changes, mm-hmm. right? It's the technique is, is with our arms and our fingers and like Ooh. our whole demeanor <laughs> even, right? Everything, Absolutely. everything changes for musicality. I mean, the other thing that people might not know is that we have to use a variety of mallets and sticks to change our sound as well right like when you're on marimba you can have hard mallets for some things and softer for other when you're on the vibraphone it's a totally different type of mallet that changes the sound but also a really common thing that's a lot of fun is using like a bass bow or a cello bow right like across the the bars right to make a different sound that has less of an attack and more of a ring so there is a bunch of different ways that we get the technique out of our instruments that is totally different from other instruments which is really cool very cool I'm glad you brought that up. Me too. You know Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Let's move on to number three. So number three was I wanted each of us to share um, what we think the biggest differences between <laughs> I think we just percussion talked about and it. <laughs> other percussions. And I feel like I think we just I think we've really kind of broken that up. But what I would like to say then, if I can tie everything together, is that the, the fact that the three of us, when we were given one word or, you know, had to give one word to describe percussion and we all came up with that kind of community camaraderie, that's something that's been so obvious to me all throughout my music education. And one of the big things that I think it comes from is when you're in a percussion section, we have to play a variety of instruments. And it's physically impossible for one person in a studio or an ensemble to be the best at every single one. I mean, assuming you're in a, you know, you're not like in a teenager's ensemble and you're teaching them or whatever. (laughs) But the idea is there's so much give and take. When we were in our studio, there was, you know, I was kind of, I was the snare person. I did the snare stuff, right? Like someone else was the mallet person. Someone else did more like drum set stuff. And there was always people asking me questions about snare, me asking them questions about mallets. What are you working on? How do you get this sound? Like, what's the way you do this technique? Is there a way that you approach this rudiment? Like that makes it, you know, easier for you. And there's so much of us learning off one another. And yep. there is very, very seldom ever a feeling of competition. Yeah. I think, I think to speak to that too, like if we're, if we're looking at the instruments in general, like if you, if you look at those the string players or the, you know, the wind players, you know, they have a violin and that's there, or they have a saxophone and that's, that's right. there. Yeah. That's their trumpet. It's a very personal connection. With their the yes. that we play, it's ours. Yeah. And, and yep, it's ours totally. as a section. And it's that kind of switching and kind of exchanging between everything that I, I think really helps to cement that as a as like a, a notion of us. This is our bass drum me. Instead yeah, of this I is my that. saxophone. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I love that. And it's so and like even when you buy stuff, right? Like, <laughs> you know, what like for example, right now, my suspended symbol, I dropped I dropped my suspended symbol off at uh, young Sam the intern's house because he needed yeah. it for a video kind of audition thing. Right. So it's just well, like yeah, when you own even when you especially do own, when you start to get like bigger stuff. Absolutely. Like I have a marimba. I've let like our yeah. friends Mike and Max borrow that marimba because like they need it. Or like Mike's let me borrow his vibraphone 
it's like it's it's a very I don't know. It seems like a universal vibe of just like sharing and just in it togetherness that I, and and I mean, I can't speak for the world, but I've felt very fortunate to feel that in basically every percussion circle I've, I've dipped my toes into. Totally. Right. Totally. It's so true. And even coming from like marching percussion, it's the same kind of idea because it is different where you do have your drum in that sense, but it's, the whole point of like being in a drum line is that everybody has to be, everyone's a part of the puzzle. Right. And if you're bad, the whole line is bad. So it's always sharing and bringing up your, you know, your fellow members and making sure everyone's and you are like a team. So, and like you said earlier, yeah, you're exactly, you're all accountable. But like you said earlier too, Michael, um, when we're in our percussion section, we're not sitting in our one chair and I'm sitting next to so-and-so and so-and-so and I don't even see the other people. Right. Like we are, constantly moving we're in between pieces we're changing our setups right we're tearing down and rebuilding in between and so there's a lot of communication that needs to happen Um, sorry just to just quickly little sneak sneak something in there uh there is i don't think i've ever been as anxious about anything during concerts than like percussion ensemble moves like the pieces whatever i'll play the pieces it's fine oh my god what is terrifying to me (laughs) is like that marimba has to be over there for that piece and then all these toms need to come out and these specific mouths need to be in this specific place and like what if i forgot this and that and like the moves and they have to happen very quickly so So just it is terrifying to have to like remember like okay yes that's why you write everything down like three times like this needs to go there for sure and you really have to oh my goodness yeah for the moves themselves i remember when we were doing that like it would would not just be like the performance but like an equal amount of of time would be spent on orchestrating and and choreographing how everything is going to move and and moving smoothly because when it gets to that point where you know that person does need to hit that snare roll or that triangle that stands out and shines in between everything they better damn well be ready to do that and have that kind of ready and the best thing is yeah. often that relies on someone else, right? So mm. there's all these, those communications like, hey, when you're done playing that snare part, can you, for me, like promise that you're going to um, leave the sticks on the drum, but like turn the snare off? Like, th- like I need that because I don't have time to do that when I get over there. It's like stuff like that, you know, little things where it's just like, if you could leave this this way or leave this this way for me or bring like yeah. when you're done with it, bring it over here because you have tons of time and I don't. Like <laughs> those moments are all why percussion is such a community. The, uh... and. It's the other thing I'll say about what sets percussionists apart from the other sections of musicians. And it's not, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but like percussionists are often made to be like the sound effects people. And like, you know, the flutes can represent Mm -hmm. birds and, and like the violins can play with the wood of their bows and make really creepy sound effects. And it's all good. But like, I don't know, there's there's such an emphasis written on percussion as like, you know, the rolling bass drum is the thunder, the cymbal crashes are swords clashing, you know, where the, the snakes rattle and the cuckoos call right. and all that. Like, it's, I don't know, it's really interesting that like, it, as a result, you don't end up like, non-percussion parts become your parts, like, for some reason, the percussionist plays the cuckoo in Hansel and Gretel. Right. That's that's just what we have to do. We have to deal with it. No, none of the wind players wanted it, so now we have to do it. And like <laughs> everyone loves us because we're the silly little cuckoo yeah. that like Hansel's singing to. And yeah, it's as a result, like you get to be really creative with your craft. Like 
Um, and this kind of circles back to like extended technique stuff in sound effects, like, you know, the coin scrape on a tam-tam or bowing a cymbal, like, there you go, you have your horror movie soundtrack. Or um, one of my favorite examples from yep. undergrad was like, uh, Sam Cargus did this piece called The Beast Must Die. And it was written for like small percussion oh, yeah. ensemble and vocorder. And one of us had to play like a break drum inside a garbage can with a chain. So like, that's your stick. It's a big heavy gauge chain. <laughs> and just like, yeah. it was the, the most destructive yeah. sound I've ever heard in my life. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. And like, and that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you guys, which is, when is what is one of the weirdest, because we get really weird stuff. What is one of the weirdest performance notes you've ever seen? So for people who don't know, that's like when you have your music and uh, maybe above a section, often what we get is we'll get a weird looking note head. So we'll get like an X note head or like a square or just something odd. And it could mean anything. So the composer will literally put in words what they mean or how they want it played. Or yeah, it's whatever, like, it's often like an no indeterminate idea or <laughs> so... mood or whatever that like it's left up to us to interpret. Yes. Um, for me, uh, mm -hmm. there's a piece we played called Babel by Stephanie Martin, uh, which was a, a piece mm -hmm. for like orchestra and double choir, I think. So it was like this massive undertaking and it's the, about the story of the Tower of Babel, obviously. And obviously, <laughs> and, uh, obviously, which if you don't know, <laughs> you know, the, the Tower of Babel, which was built to reach God in heaven was like, it, it falls over. And so at that point in the piece, like we were given the note, create like the sound of doomsday or like horrible doomsday sounds. It was something like that. And naturally I just copied Sam yeah, Cargus yeah. and did what he did. <laughs> but, and my favorite part of that was like the right. percussionists were at the back of the orchestra, but we're at the very front of the choir. So like, I was like throwing bowls into this garbage can with a brake drum and like whipping a chain at it. And then the soprano section is directly behind me and they're not doing anything, <laughs> but looking like, like the fear of God. <laughs> it's just like it's one of my yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Huge that's awesome. for me, just being able to do that <laughs> oh yeah stuff like that's the best and like i love the moments too when the director uh like or the conductor is just like okay so it says here this in the score yeah. um how are we gonna and do that like with, and then you with have that paul it was usually like i trust you guys <laughs> yeah and then the conductor's like oh interesting. do what you gotta do yeah yeah do what you gotta do <laughs> Another thing we did for that was bring on the end of times. <laughs> and this was also in the performance note was to build a, like a tower of junk and push it over, which one of my colleagues did. So we actually used a bunch of the crash rhythm wow. uh, garbage cans, both metal and plastic, to build up this really high, right? Uh, like, yeah, this. Well, it was in the, the theater auditorium, the so we had a lot of floor space. It, I'm shocked that no right. one got hurt. Like the guy who played it had to be up on a ladder and like pushing yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff over, which is not safe. And like basically pushing it like towards the brass oh, section. Gosh. So like everyone was in the splash zone. <laughs> Michael, do you have anything well, that you can think of? There's, there's not a specific thing. I, I, you know, I just absolutely remember, you know, our director of the, the wind ensemble at, at university. Just, you know, just being very, um, you know, liberal and interesting with us as well for all of these things, which are, again, very, you know, 
kind of random and arbitrary for you know these notes. But yeah, just how to yeah. embrace that, and, and you know, we always always found a way to do exactly what was needed. Oh yeah, it's it, it's such a different world. It's so much fun. And the last thing, the last thing that I want to talk about before we end this mm-hmm. is the other thing that if you're a musician, you know this. <laughs> if you're not a musician, it should be obvious. But the thing that's also really different about being a drummer or a percussionist, I should say, is that I was going we to are bring the this first up. to arrive in the last <laughs> You learn to love the schlep. Like, <laughs> right? It is. And you learn. This, I is already the, have. this is the sentence, people. Get this yeah. tattooed on your body. You learn to love the, you like, learn it is a part of your world, and you need to embrace it. I love moving gear so much. The thing is, here's the thing that's so messed up. I love moving gear. Yeah, it's like a cult. Love, um, more than <laughs> I love too. moving yeah. gear, I love and setting like, up. Uh, one yeah, thing I, I was going to bring up. up is just like, as a percussionist, like a fraction, a tiny percent of your your career as a percussionist is performing. Like, like the majority of your time is right. practicing, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. schlep, drive, load, Practice unload, set up, tear down, like untwisting symbol wing nuts alone is yep. like hours of my life gone by and I love <laughs> it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> yeah. The sound, exactly, of, the yeah. sound of a wing nut. And then the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And every, every other piece of gear on the like leg. that last year. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just throw wing nuts at your setup. Just and it's great. At your setup. I actually, I had this, uh, I had this moment the other day where I was, um, I can't remember, it was like the end of the day and um, I'm, I'm my friend's living here with me and her and I were upstairs and, you know, we're just kind of sitting there and I'm like, you know, I've been really wanting to do this piece. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to play it now because it's the end of the day and it's really busy, but like, can I just go <laughs> downstairs and set it up? <laughs> like, is that crazy? Like, I really want to do, and it was one of those moments. Where uh, she was that resonates like, with me so hard. I'm like, I'm going to do and it. Like... I just went downstairs. I was like, I got to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I was like, Ooh. and it's just like getting all the stand heights right, and like getting the so getting, like, a as a result, like <laughs> Man, I don't know, my exciting. what was originally my number one answer was like, uh, like general information people might want to know. No, I don't wish I played the flute. Like I'm so happy that I have to like find a way to Tetris everything yeah. into a little <laughs> Honda Fit, and like I'm so proud when I do. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I'm oh, in yeah. love with my van. I tell people all the time. I love my van. But yeah, absolutely. It's oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> we played the flute. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's so funny. <laughs> Who says I don't Whenever play someone says I bet you wish play, you played the flute. I, I always carry this recorder with me. <laughs> and I just I just Of course. Yeah. Of course. I put them just in the show them that I really they leave. Can. They run they run away. Like <laughs> <laughs> I play them in their place. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. The last thing, this is what happened last week. If you guys, because um, we, we, uh, we just record, well, when we're recording this one now, we recorded the last one only a few days ago. So I doubt you've heard it yet. But the last episode, uh, Jimmy D gave me some heck because apparently I've been asking people what they listen to at the end of every episode, but in, it was actually only one episode. So <laughs> I'm going to now make it a tradition just so that he doesn't get mad at me again. Oh, no. uh, so Dave, we'll start with you something because you're I'm the newbie. To, but what's, I am uh, something the worst at right these, now? so I'm going to open my Spotify real quick. <laughs> 
Okay, Michael. <laughs> I am okay, Hillary, what have you been listening to? <laughs> and also going to open <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ask me. Okay. Well, um, last week I said it was a big week for Hill because Enter Shikari released their new album. Oh, yeah. So as you both know, that's a big deal. Actually, the mm-hmm. four of you for my birthday one year got me an Enter Shikari uh, vinyl. Yes. Yeah. So you know. You know my life. We but uh, on top of that, the 1975 is actually releasing a new album in a few weeks. And they released a single last night called or not last night sorry a few days ago called if you're shy if you're too shy if you're too shy let me know i think that's the name of it and it is an amazing song i the moment i put it on and and it dropped i went they're back they did it again <laughs> those those guys did it <laughs> yeah i'm like they did it again there nice. they are so yeah i've been listening to that song a few times on repeat nice um i have i have mine pulled up now too so i think i, I might have mentioned it a little while ago but i've been listening to uh like a, a funk guitarist named Corey Wong uh, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and he has a, an album that's relatively new called Elevator Music for an Elevated Mood. Um, okay. It, it is a super solid album, which isn't available on Google Music. So that's why it was a bit of a surprise. It's not the most recent, but uh, oh. I had to go on uh, Apple Music to, to find. Uh, really quite wonderful. Listen to it go. like yesterday, and I've already heard the album like nice. three times. Um... Beautiful. Last year, Brittany Howard released an album called Jamie, and it is incredible. Nate Smith plays drums on it, and I can't get enough of it. Um, and she's the, the front woman for uh, Alabama Shakes. In case it's a bit more of a more of a household name. She her solo stuff is incredible. Um, there's also an artist called M- Moses Sumney who released an album recently Whoa, called two, Gray okay. Part One, <laughs> and it is an exquisitely mixed and mastered like it's just such a, a good sound experience that album i love it um uh, yeah it's pretty yeah. awesome so oh and just released like two days ago is a awesome. all uh, right as of this recording i should say two days ago is an album by tom mish who's a guitarist and yusuf days who's a drummer and it's called what kind of music it's awesome listen to it Perfect. There you go. Check out the links. Well, I mean, if you don't have any. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> wait. Great. Now I got to put links. Like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, I hope that anyone who's listening has learned a few new things about the world of percussion and now has a few new albums to listen to as well. So that's exciting. But uh, thanks, guys, for coming on again. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. Drumming's awesome. <laughs> Music's awesome. The Schlepp. Thanks, Hal. The Schlepp is awesome. Is awesome. The schlep is awesome. I've, I've, booked, like I said, I've already booked my so tattoo. If you just wanna, yeah, I was just going to say, if you guys want to, um, if you're listening and you're getting it tattooed, just send us a photo. Uh, of the use the hashtag so schlep tats. Our, uh, Facebook or our Instagram. That'd be awesome. S-C-H-L-E-P-T-A-T-S. Perfect. And what a great way to end a podcast. Hashtag schlep tats. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see all of our daily posts for the Play It Forward podcast. Follow our blog on crashrhythm.ca and uh, make sure you're making music at home. And I hope you learned something today about the world of percussion. We will see you next week.